0: So if I look like I'm starting to go again, I'll sit down, okay? We're continuing in a series on our posture. It is not to lay down, (laughs) but our posture as a church and as individuals who follow Christ, what we're supposed to look like, how we're supposed to be engaging with each other and engaging with the world. And so in that, We've talked about a posture of being welcoming, a posture of for, not against. We've talked about a posture of care, how we are called to care for people, and then a posture of create. That was last week. And now we've come to a posture of go. Sari does not understand. (laughs) A posture of go. And if you're a follower of Christ and you hear these words from Matthew and Acts... I think you probably have one of two reactions. One is you think, oh no, I'm not doing this really well, and I hope God doesn't get upset with me. And the second one is, oh no, I'm not really doing this that well, and I hope God's not upset with me. If you're maybe not a follower of Christ and you hear those words, oftentimes when you hear these, you think, and here's here's where I lose Christianity. Because I'm good with Jesus, but his people kind of drive me crazy. Yeah? Because they're always about this one thing, trying to get this thing done. And the way they do it, I'm not sure I understand how they do it. Let me let you in on a little secret. That's some of us too. Some of us think, I'm good with Jesus, but I'm not quite sure about all the people that follow him. That happens with us. But this is a place where we recognize exactly who Jesus is and we recognize what he has called us to do and the posture that we're supposed to have that really is built on those other, other postures that we've talked about, the posture of welcome and for and care and create. We get to this point. Listen to what Jesus says. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. There's three things that I want you to recognize that I need to recognize right off the bat when we start talking about a posture of go. The first one is this, that when we're talking about a posture of go, of moving out, uh, of following this great commission, we need to know that it is not a project, but that it is about people. That we've not been in some master class of how to change the world by becoming a Christian, by becoming a follower of Christ, and Jesus is saying, now, you've got this project that I need you to do. I need you to go out there and do this thing. I need you to build this Kingdom, I need you to lift up my name. That's, That's not what this is. It's not about a project. It's about people. You see, it's not about the buildings that we have. It's not about the programs that we run. It's not any of those kind of things. It's about people encountering God and who He is. He says, go, therefore, into all the nations and make disciples of them. So he doesn't say go build buildings, right? Now that's maybe a necessity later, but he says go to the people where they're at. As a matter of fact, in Acts, we see that he says in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, and all over, right? It's going to spread that far. Projects don't do that. Projects take backdating, right? You know what a backdating of a project is? Is You know the end goal, and then you kind of line out all the things that you do. When you're dealing with people, you can't backdate people. (laughs) You can't go, well, I have until this time to get them across the line. (laughs) You just live with them and walk with them. So the first thing we know in the posture of go is it's not a project, but it's about people. The second thing about a posture of go is this. It's not an inquisition. It's an invitation. Too often it has been portrayed by the followers of Christ that what we're trying to do is just get you saved. (laughs) Just get you over the line. And once we get you over the line, that's good. And sadly, all sorts of methods and means have been tried to do that. The Inquisition being the worst possible way to convert people. But it's an invitation. It's an invitation that says, look, You kind of like me. You hang out with me and know me. And I follow this guy named Jesus who leads me to God. And he's really important to me. So I'd like you to know him. It's an invitation. It's not an acquisition. It's not this, I've got to get this done. It's, it's, right? It's as if you were trying to invite somebody to your house for dinner. You wouldn't be like, so these eight things you need to change before you get to my house. This, 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 and this, right? You would say, "Uh, if you could bring salad, that'd be great. But if not, that's no big deal. (laughs) Because we've got lettuce. It's an invitation. So it's not a project, it's people, it's not an inquisition, it's an invitation. And then it's not insurance. It's the intended life. Sometimes the way that we present our relationship with Jesus is that it gets you out of hell. Like that's the most important thing about this relationship with Jesus is that if you don't know who Jesus is, then you're going to burn up. Now, I'm not denying that hell exists. But what I'm saying is this is not about an insurance to say, well, if you get this, just in case it happens, you'll be okay. Isn't that the thing about insurance? You pay a monthly premium each month, and if you don't have that car accident, Or you don't get sick, you never use it, and it just sits there and sits there and sits there and sits there until maybe at one point you finally need it. Well, that that doesn't seem very engaging at all. As a matter of fact, oftentimes when I see that coming out of my bank account each month, I think, why am I spending that money? I don't even use it. Sometimes we feel that way about our relationship with Christ, and that's how we present it. Well, it's just insurance. No. No. It's an invitation to the intended life. Jesus says, I have come to give you life, life better than you've ever dreamed. All right, that's the Eugene Peterson message version of it. It's life abundant or life to the full. I kind of like life better than you've ever dreamed. Jesus knows exactly what your life is supposed to be. Not all the no's and not all the protection, but all the yeses that He has for you. And all the comfort and grace and mercy and truth and justice. You see, because He knows because He was there when you were made. He was there when you were thought of. He was there when you were formed. So He knows exactly who you're supposed to be. Life the way that it is intended to be. So when we think about a posture of go, it moves us into a place of that word that's right there. Go, therefore, and make disciples. See, I think oftentimes, and I struggle with this maybe the most, is that I get in the mindset that I am aiming for conversion. Right? Somebody is here and I convert them to here. And I think that that's my job, that that's something that I need to be about doing, that I need to get them converted, that I need to get them moved from this place to this place. Just change their mind a little bit. And I'm a pretty persuasive guy. But the reality is it's not our job to convert anybody. That's the Holy Spirit's job. What God calls us to do is make disciples. And what's a disciple? A disciple is someone who is earnestly learning from someone else. So much so that they say, I want to learn more from this person and about this person. And in doing that, they end up following what that person is teaching them. See, what God calls us to do is to build disciples. And how do we do that? By being a disciple ourselves. We do it by living a life that is so impacted in this relationships of Jesus that we move forward in it. That we know, oh, this is who I was intended to be. Like I said, Jesus, who leads us to God, should be the most important relationship we have in our lives. I love my kids. I love my wife. I love my mom and dad. I love all of you all. I love all the new people that God is bringing into my life. You're not the most important relationship. God is. Why? Well, because before the foundation of the world, God poured out my purpose, your purpose, our purpose. What is it? It's to have a right relationship with Him. To have a right relationship with myself, understanding who I am in Him. To have a right relationship with all of you and everyone that I encounter and to have a right relationship with the place that He puts me to care for it. That's what we're called to do. And in that, we move with Jesus. And we learn. And we follow. Christ is the greatest example. He tells us here that all authority has been given unto me. So when you're thinking to yourself, well, how am I really supposed to do this? What does a posture of follow look like? Well, you follow Jesus. So what does that mean? If we look through Scripture, we look through the Gospels, we recognize three things that Jesus does. Jesus, the first thing that he does is he pleases God. He works to please God. He wants God, the Father, lifted up high and understood. But he pleases God in all that his actions are. He's obedient to Him. Even to death on the cross, it tells us. There was a moment, a time in his prayer that he's saying, Father, are you sure this is the right way? But he wants to please God. The second thing that he wants to do is he wants to point towards God. So often in the Gospels, we see Jesus pointing to the Father, saying, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. That I do what the Father asked me to do. That by seeing me, you've seen him. So he points towards God. So should we in our lives, in the way that we operate, in the way that we think, in the way that we interact, we should be pointing towards God. And the third thing that Jesus did is he pursued God. He relentlessly pursued God. He wanted to know all about him. So here's Jesus, the God-man, that's in this earth in full, fleshy form. And he says, this is what I'm going to do. I will please God, I will point towards Him, and I will pursue Him. And He goes out, where? And He welcomes everyone. Right? He welcomes everyone. He goes to anyone who is hurting, anyone, and He welcomes them. He even welcomes the Pharisees and Sadducees who are after Him, who are, 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 are going after to kill Him. He welcomes them. Sometimes harshly, it would seem, but He does. He is four people. He cares for people. And he creates new life by his presence. We, in fact, have the ability to walk with Christ in that. Look, Christ is the great confronter and comforter. When we come face to face with Christ, we are confronted by the holiness and majesty of God and an understanding that somehow we have fallen apart from what God intended us to be. And at the very same time, Jesus is the great comforter who comes in and says, But I have made the way. I have done all the work. I have made it completely possible for you to be back in a right relationship with God, yourself, others, and place. So have you noticed the shift a little bit? Because here's the shift. It's not a posture of go. It's a posture of follow. Yes, in this command, he says, go, therefore. And we get caught up on that. We build whole schemes about go. It's our job. We're going to take. And all of a sudden we remove Jesus subtly out of the picture. Because what our posture really needs to be is a posture of follow. We step in the places that Jesus steps. We walk in the way that Jesus walks. We love unabashedly. We show mercy to all we encounter. We live lives that are so aromatic with God's righteousness that people sniff it and say, Something else is going on there. And if you're here and you're trying to figure out who Jesus is or you're just wanting to know what this is all about, let me tell you, I apologize. We do a terrible job at this sometimes. <laughs> I mean, we set up things as issues and important things, and they're not, that they're not important. But in it, we neglect the compassion and love and mercy of Christ. Because in his compassion and love and mercy, we see God's justice and truth and righteousness. So it's not about a posture of go, really. (laughs) It's a posture of follow. We follow Jesus because He has done it all. He has set the path for us. He has laid it clear. And we walk in mercy and grace towards Him. Let's pray. Lord, You are good to us. Thank You for letting me get through that. We praise You. It's in Your name we pray. Amen.